Welcome to the Spiritual Advantage Podcast, where we discuss how to make a maximum impact with our lives by fulfilling our divine dreams with divine favor, like the great men and women of faith throughout history. I'm Sam Stone, the Light Keeper. You are the light of the world, and I am the keeper. No pun intended. Let's begin. There's a human paradox. We all know we are social creatures, but at the same time, we often get hurt by social interactions. When I look at my emotional wounds, most of them are caused by people. Of course, there are self-inflicted wounds due to my own mistakes and stupidity, but there are many wounds inflicted by others, sometimes by strangers, sometimes by friends, and sometimes even by family members. On the other hand, we cannot just cut ourselves off from society and expect to have peace. We all know being alone is unhealthy, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, because we are social creatures. Then how do we solve this human problem? How do we be part of a community and not get hurt? I've discovered the secret based on what Jesus taught. The secret is that life is not a journey. If life is a journey, the destination is the focus. And the faster we get there, the better. In that case, we want to get on the fastest vehicle in the fastest lane and rush to the end. If you treat life as a journey, your mind will concentrate on tomorrow, 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 and you will not be able to enjoy the present moment. You cannot rush life because it has to be lived one day at a time. If life is not a journey, what is it? The answer is life is a piece of music. Unlike a journey, you cannot rush to the end of a piece of music or it won't sound pleasant. Just like living one day at a time, you must play every beat and every bar with proper timing and rhythm. Of course, there are high notes and low notes, happy moments and sad moments. But when you play it right, they all work together to make your life a masterpiece. Paul said, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8:28. Life is a series of peaks and valleys, high seasons and low seasons. A friend told me the other day that he loves New Jersey because he loves the four distinct seasons, spring, summer, fall, and winter. They all are beautiful in their own ways because one season makes us appreciate another. We are in a cold winter right now, but it will make spring taste so delicious when it comes. It's like a change of movements in a concerto. I've also discovered that life is not solo music, but an orchestra with God as our conductor. As Paul said, God makes all things work together for good, like a magnificent concerto. I call it life is a masterpiece, spelling with P-E-A-C-E. So your life is most beautiful when you play with a community of other players that focuses on the same conductor. Notice the word play. You play through life, like playing music. If life is a journey, you compete with people to get ahead. Since life is music, you play with people. When you compete with people, someone will lose. But when you play with people, everyone wins. 
To cultivate peace within, you must learn to play with people. For the past three weeks, we have focused on a series of messages that I call Cultivating Peace Within. We all have been through some rough years, and we don't know what the future holds. But if we have peace within, we can handle whatever comes ahead and make the rest of our lives the best of our lives. There are five pillars of peace based on what the Bible teaches us. And I put them together into an acrostic using the word peace, P-E-A-C-E. Previously, we have talked about P as presence, meaning God's presence, protecting God's presence in us. E for emptiness, empty myself, just as Jesus did. A for atonement, atone with forgiveness as Jesus taught us on the cross. Now C for community, concert with the community. So today we'll learn how to concert with the community to cultivate peace within based on Jesus' word in today's scripture lesson. Let's begin. Hi, in case we haven't met yet, I'm Sam Stone, the light keeper. You are the light of the world and I'm the keeper, no pun intended. It's my calling to help you shine your brightest so that God is glorified in you and you are satisfied in God. The scripture lesson for today is from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 to 17. Listen to the word of the Lord. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Matthew 4, 12 to 17. Blessed are those who delight in God's word. Thanks be to God. This passage describes how Jesus launched his ministry from the region of Capernaum by the Sea of Galilee, as prophesied by prophet Isaiah. This area lay astride the international trade routes, where Jews and Gentile communities occupied this region, living side by side. It was a multi-ethnic environment, so there was a spirit of tolerance and harmony, even though it used to be a place of tensions. Jesus made his home here as prophesied, and it says, From that time Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Matthew 4.17 The kingdom of God is a loaded word. Scholars throughout history and around the world have discussed and debated what it is and where it is. At minimum, it's a place of peace and harmony, like this region where Jesus made his home, where Jews and Gentiles live in peace and harmony. That's a perfect place to launch Jesus' ministry to proclaim the kingdom of heaven because these people could understand what it was like. If the kingdom of heaven is a place of peace, where it is? Jesus said, the kingdom of God is not coming with things that can be observed. Nor will they say, look here it is, or there it is. For in fact, the kingdom of God is among you. 
Luke 17, 20 to 21. Notice Luke used the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of heaven. Matthew's gospel was written for the Jews, so he used the kingdom of heaven because it's against Jewish tradition to use God's name in vain. According to the third commandment, thou shalt not use God's name in vain. So Jewish people use heaven to represent God. By the way, it's also a Chinese tradition to avoid using the term God, so they use heaven instead. On the other hand, Luke wrote his gospel for the Greeks and Gentiles. So if you use heaven in place of God, it could confuse them. That's why you see kingdom of God in Luke's gospel. By the way, do you tend to say for God's sake or for heaven's sake? I prefer to say for heaven's sake, to minimize the use of God in keeping with the Judeo-Christian theology. Back to the verse above, we encounter another quantum paradox because the word among you can also be translated as within you. If you take among you as the correct translation, then the kingdom of God is in a community. However, some translations like NIV or KJV say the kingdom of God is within you. The Chinese Bible also says the kingdom of God is inside your heart, which translations right because they point to different locations. A conspiracy theory says this verse is intentionally translated as among you because the church as an organized religion wants you to believe that they are the kingdom of God. That means you are not part of the kingdom of God if you stay outside of the organized religion. If it is translated as the kingdom of God is within you, it might mean you don't need the church or they don't have authority over you. That conspiracy theory motivated me to dig into the truth for whether the kingdom of God is within you or among you, because my commitment is to serve God, not the organized religion. The Gospel of Thomas turned out to be helpful in this case, even though it's not from the canon. Thomas recorded Jesus saying, the kingdom of God is within you and outside of you. It can also be translated as the kingdom of God is within you and without you. Thomas verse 3. With that, he effectively articulated the profundity of the kingdom of God as a quantum paradox. The kingdom of God is both within you and without you. It's both and not either or. When we put this in the context of Jesus' entire teaching, the kingdom of God is omnipresent both in time and space. You cannot pin the kingdom of heaven to a place or time. As Luke said it above, the kingdom of God is not coming with things that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. For in fact, the kingdom of God is within or without you. So it means we must cultivate peace within our hearts and in the community. In the past three weeks, we have been cultivating peace by nurturing the kingdom of heaven inside our hearts. And today we will learn to nurture the kingdom life within the community because if you have peace in your heart, but you cannot get along with people, it's not true peace. Jesus told us to seek the kingdom as our top priority because everything else will fall together. So how do we seek the kingdom? Jesus reveals the secret to discovering the kingdom in one word. He says, repent, 
for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent is another loaded word. Most people think repentant means regret, but it's more than regret. The Hebrew word for repentance, naham, means regret and change. Coincidentally, the Chinese word for repentance is composed of two words, hui gai, meaning regret and change. Furthermore, the Greek word for repentance, metanoia, also means changing of heart and mind. So in conclusion, regret without change is not repentance. If you don't change, you will keep hitting the same wall over and over again. Someone said insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. The only way to avoid regret is change. What kind of change? John the Baptist said it succinctly, bear fruit worthy of repentance, Matthew 3.8. This short verse defines repentance as changing from barren state to fruitful state. Interestingly, the English word state can also mean kingdom, nation, or country. So we can understand the kingdom of heaven as a state of mind or state of the spirit, a fruitful state. What kind of fruit we are talking about? Of course, the fruit of the spirit. There are nine flavors of the fruit of the spirit. The word fruit here is singular, so we cannot say nine fruits, but nine qualities or flavors of the fruit. They are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, according to Galatians 5.22. Did you notice that every one of these nine flavors has to do with relationships? If the fruit of the Spirit is all about relationships, where can you bear such fruit? In a community. That's why you need a community that can nurture you to bear the fruit of these flavors. Using music as analogy, you need this state of mind to play harmoniously with God's orchestra. So you must nurture these flavors to play through life. So you don't have to plod through life. So let's review these flavors of the fruit of the Spirit. Love. The entire teaching of Jesus is about love. If you don't get anything else, get this one. You cannot practice love without a safe community because love requires vulnerability. Jesus gave birth to the community called church. Sometimes we need even a smaller community to practice love. That's why we have small groups. Gradually, you grow to love a wider circle of the community. Number two, joy. Joy might sound like an individual flavor, but if you think seriously how awkward it is to stuff your joy inside without sharing with the community. If you're concerned that people might be jealous of you if you share your joy, that's not a good community to be part of. A true Christian community celebrates one another's joy together. Number three, peace. If you have inner peace, you will also have peace with others. The way to test whether you have peace within is to see if you can be at peace with people. Again, it requires a community to practice this flavor of peace. Number four, patience. Patience means time. You must sacrifice your time in a community to enjoy healthy relationships. 
Paul said, "Love is patient. Without patience, there is no love." That means without giving your time, you don't have love. That means if you don't spend time with your church community, it's contradiction to say that you have love. To harmonize with the rest of the musicians in God's orchestra, you need patience and time. Number five, kindness. In a community, there are people ahead of you as well as behind you in maturity. You nurture your kindness as you nurture those behind you. Kindness in playing music might mean covering another's flaws with your perfection. Six, generosity. Generosity inspires generosity. Do you know women hate stingy men? It's because they have more to offer. If you treat others with generosity, you'll soon find out generosity returns to you. Most importantly, God blesses those who are generous because God is generous. In a more profound sense, generosity is synonymous with grace. Number seven, faithfulness. Faithfulness is the ability to keep your promise, so you cannot practice it alone without a community. In a community, you learn to show up and keep up with your promises and commitments by faithfulness. Number eight, gentleness. Jesus said, "I'm gentle and humble in heart." Jesus personifies gentleness. Sometimes you are right and others are wrong. You need to explain to them gently instead of shooting at them like a machine gun. Without gentleness, you can't harmonize with people. Number nine, self-control. Last but not least, self-control is refusing to react to other people's reactivity. Many problems in this world exacerbate like a domino effect. Self-control is being that domino that doesn't fall. It's not easy, but as a result, you will save the day and restore peace and harmony. There you have it: nine dimensions of the fruitful state or the kingdom of God, or nine flavors of the fruit of the spirit that allows you to live in peace and harmony with people. And the way to achieve it is to practice it in a healthy community. Committed to cultivating the fruit of the spirit. In conclusion, life is not a journey where you try to get ahead of others and rush to the destination. It will only slow you down. But life is a piece of music that you play together, like an orchestra, with God as our conductor. Only in playing in harmony do you have peace. Then life becomes a play, not a plod. So let's repent or change from a barren state to the fruitful state, or the state of heaven, as a community, and make our lives a masterpiece. P E A C E. That's it for today. I hope you find this message illuminating as much as I enjoy receiving it from the head office. Until we meet again, keep your light shining brighter and broader, and harvest the fruit of the profound peace and harmony. Amen. Bye now. Thank you for listening. If you would like to maximize your life and leadership by unlocking your spiritual advantage, please feel free to direct message me on Twitter at Samuel Stone or visit SamuelStone.com. I'm looking forward to talking with you. See you on the next episode. Bye now.